Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. Hey, Spooksters, and happy St. Patty's Day! Is it Aaron Gobra? Is that what you're I, say? <laughs> we'll go with it. We're very bad Irish people. It's fine. <laughs> so, hey guys, we're here a day early, and we wanted to bring you a fun bonus episode to kind of go with the theme. Today, we are going to be chatting with you guys about leprechauns. I'm excited. I should have learned, like, Irish expressions. I have a friend who, like, kind of speaks Celtic. How did I not do this? You failed us. You failed us. (laughs) Aaron, if you're listening, I'm sorry I failed. Since this is a bonus episode, we are just going to go ahead and jump into drinks. Jessica, what are you drinking or what's our little theme drink for St. Patrick's Day? Well, because you know how much I love juice and alcohol together. And I love me a good mimosa. And it is Sunday after all. So you should be having brunch like good young Americans we are or wherever you are. Just good people should be having brunch. So I have a leprechaun mimosa. So it is half a glass of orange juice, half a glass of champagne and a shot of blue. And you know, I mispronounce this every time, spooksters. And no (laughs) one, not a single one of you has been like, this is how you say this word. I'm going to call it Kuraka. Sure. I don't know. It's the blue alcohol stuff that goes in a lot of drinks. Gotcha. It's in like half the drinks I pick. And I'm like, I don't know how to fucking say it. Right. I it, but I can't say it. It's all good. It's very pretty. You should definitely make this today. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love like how like vibrant and stuff it is. Super oh, yeah, cool. It's, like, it's almost glowing. Mm-hmm. And as always, we ask that you drink responsibly on this blessed day of alcohol consumption. Yes, please do. Get an Uber, get a friend, get a Lyft, something. Do not drink and drive. Right. I mean, I would volunteer to drive you around, but most of you live on the East Coast. So that's... Yes, so there is that. (laughs) can't really do that. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) We'd be a little late, but... Tonight, I am taking a break from wine. I'm just doing something super simple. Uh, Yeah, I know, right? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I am drinking some coffee, which is my second love, with Bailey's. So you got yourself a little, you know, Irish coffee over there. Exactly, exactly. And there's one other thing real quick before we jump in. We hit 1,000 followers on our Instagram. We were so excited. Tara and I have been stalking it for like a few hours. We, You know that we record earlier. So this is like the end of February, beginning of March. And we're so excited because. Hell yeah. That was a goal that we thought would take a while. Like, <laughs> like honestly, I think we thought like at least a year or two because mm-hmm. we're like. I work for a company and I was like, oh, yeah, we have a lot of Instagram followers. We have 550. 
<laughs> and then today I got to rub that in my coworker's face. So that was fine and fun. And I loved it. So you guys are amazing. And mm-hmm. yes, thank you guys so, so much. We appreciate it. And if you're listening and you're not part of the Instagram fam, you can go to the show notes. We link all the stuff there and or you can search us as just at three spooked girls. So, yeah, thank you guys so much. We honestly we appreciate it so, so fucking much. Yes. Hell yeah. All right. So we're going to go ahead and dive on into your guys' bonus episode. And I am going to go ahead and start us off. I have the kind of the history and a little bit of background on leprechauns. Those wily tricksters, those little peoples. Yes. (laughs) Those little guys. And then I will kick it off to Jessica and she's got some spookiness for us. I do. Super excited because I have no idea what she's reading. Love to keep it a surprise. So <laughs> we don't tell each other unless it's something Mm-mm. like where we're both reading creepy pastas and then we're like, "This is what I'm reading," so that you don't get, "Oh, well, that's what I was gonna read." Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Obviously, there's plenty of stuff out there when you hear leprechauns that you think of. For me, it's always Lucky Charms because I was extremely obsessed with that cereal and hashtag. Mm-hmm. Low-key still am. (laughs) Mm, I will say that one of my favorite camping trips, and by camping trip, this was like a very swanky camping trip. Like we went to Mm -hmm. my friend's grandparents' cabin on a lake. (laughs) Uh, So like uh, camping trip, quote unquote. We um, couldn't find marshmallows because we just went to one store. Right. Because it's a small town and they close everything (laughs) at a reasonable hour. The only (laughs) thing we could find were Lucky Charms. So we found a half a bag of marshmallows in her grandparents' cabin and made Rice Krispie Treats with Lucky Charms. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. And I'm going to have to, like, go get some Lucky Charms and make that one more time. <laughs> I will say that it is extremely sugary. Mm. Putting that out there. Well, I'm here for it because I have a huge sweet tooth. So no such thing as too sweet for me. You know me and my sweet tooth. I know. So, obviously... Leprechauns are typically depicted as like a little bearded man. They have a little coat, their cute little hat, and extremely mischievous. So they're usually getting into trouble. My kind of peeps. Right. They are also described as solitary creatures, and they spend a lot of their time making and mending shoes. And of course, as the stereotype goes, hide the pot of gold at the end of a rainbow or have one. (laughs) (laughs) They want one. If they're found or captured by humans, they'll grant you three wishes so they can have their freedom back. So that's kind of like the basic, basic thing on leprechauns. So I think at this point, if you don't know what a leprechaun is, like, where the fuck do you live? Antarctica. (laughs) I mean, maybe. But I'm going to go ahead and just dive into the origins of where leprechauns came from and the whole idea of that so i'm gonna tell you guys right now just grab your drinks and start drinking because i got some irish words and i'm sorry i tried to find the pronunciations for most of these but i'll probably still fuck it up it happens happens. (laughs) all right so mythical creatures never just come from a place where they're named like bob and steve and right no words i can pronounce just not not at all Leprechauns originate from the Irish word. Well, we're going to drink on fucking regular words. Good God. (laughs) I take that back. (laughs) (laughs) Leprechaun, and it's spelled all fancy and stuff. It does look like leprechaun, though. Now, 
Yeah. So the leprechaun said to be a basically a type of fairy from the Aoshi. Aoshi. There we go. And I'm sure you don't know what that is, Jessica, because I had to do further research. The Aoshi is an Irish term for a supernatural race of fairies or elves in Irish and Scottish mythology. So like a group of them kind of thing. They're said they lived or live, if you think they're still around, underground in fairy mounds across the Western Sea. Or they may have even coexisted in an invisible world that was here in our human world. So when I read that, kind of like how the witches and wizards of Harry Potter are still in the regular world, but their realms kind of just like invisible to muggles. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I saw that. And I knew you'd appreciate that. <laughs> I do. I love me Harry Potter. Now, the earliest references to leprechauns was in a medieval tale called... I'm going to tell you the English translation. There was a fancy one. No, no, we're not going to go there. (laughs) The Adventure of Fergus, son of Leti. This story was a little interesting, so I'll kind of give you a little summary on that. In this story, Fergus, who is the king of Ulster, he fell asleep on the beach and then was woken up by not one, but three leprechauns trying to drag him into the sea. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. He wakes up when they're, like, about to put him in the water because, obviously, the ocean's cold. Right. And he captured them. And, of course, like I said a little earlier, they tried to bargain with him. And they were like, we will give you three wishes if you let us go. So he took him up on it. He's like, why the fuck not? Let's do this. And one of his wishes was being able to breathe underwater. Of course, they're going to go ahead and grant this. But since they're mischievous, there are stipulations. There was one specific body of water that he could not breathe under. And, of course, it's like the main sea where they are. Okay. Right? So, basically, long story short, he ends up at this sea. And he almost dies because he decided to go get in this huge-ass fight with this sea monster. And this name I'm going to butcher, too. It's called Mirdris. And that's what we're going to go with. I'm here for it. People are yelling at me. I'm so sorry. And now he's <laughs> he's able to get away when he's fighting mm-hmm. this creature. Mm-hmm. But we got some like Pandora kind of thing going on when he looks at it. Actually, I would say Pandora slash the ring. He gets this permanent state of terror look on his face, but he's not dead. So he's just terrifying looking, but fucking alive. That's unique and interesting. Right? Yeah. So his face is like all fucked up forever. And, of course, since he's royalty and a king, everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, if anything kind of happens like that, I guess, kind of artificially, they're supposed to get rid of him or find somebody else to be king. But that's very um, that's not so fun. Right. But they try to bend the rules for him. So the end of the story, basically, he goes to get his revenge on said sea monster for fucking Mm -hmm. up his face. And this leads to a huge, dramatic, bloody-ass battle. And, of course, since it's, like, you know, a mythical story, they're like, it turned the sea red. And then, dot, (sighs) dot, dot, he died of exhaustion. He didn't even die from the fucking monster. Fucking (laughs) lame-ass. Right? Get it together. (laughs) Right? I'm like, meh, build up. So, kids, moral of this story, do not think you're smarter than any leprechauns or sea monsters. (laughs) That's what I have to say about that. But I'll kind of digress and we'll get back to the leprechauns here. Like I said, they're described as like a solitary creature whose 
principal occupation job, whatever word is your fancy, is a shoemaker. But of course, also enjoys practical jokes or imp- impractical jokes. I think. I yeah. Know. Yeah. And a typo. Sorry, guys. So all the mischievous things. So that kind of makes sense with the story and them being like, oh, sure, you can breathe underwater. Just not this one sea that you go to all the fucking time. Okay, bye. <laughs> but that's like how I see it. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's totally how it is. Or like, I grant you this wish, except for. Dun, dun, dun. One thing. I was trying to see if like my finger noises. I was trying to like drum roll with my fingers. Except for. Um, Insert evil hand thing. <laughs> it's one place. This one item of yeah. Mm-hmm. Crafty leprechauns. Those terms and conditions, you know. <laughs> you gotta read that fine print. Right. Shit. But what's kind of interesting is, and this makes sense with their like how they act. They're said that they are the son of an evil, evil drink spirit and a degenerate fairy. So the combination of that makes them not wholly evil or wholly good. They're just kind of in between and they just like to kind of give people shit and do their little jokes. That would make sense why they're so excited to do like impractical jokes because it's kind of like it's mischievous and slightly annoying, but you know, right? Yeah, you would figure out really quickly that you couldn't breathe under that water, so you could do have to get out. So, exactly. Yep. Now, something else interesting when I was doing my research, I found out that their appearance isn't or wasn't always what it is now. Originally, leprechauns were said to wear red, not green. The reason for that was basically because of the type of fairy they're supposed to be. Solitary ones would wear red and then the more like tribal other ones, those ones would signify themselves with green. Oh. Right. And then there was an author, Samuel Lover, in 1831 that kind of backs this up. He had some sort of work and there's a little quote. Quite a bow in his dress, notwithstanding, for he wears a red square cut coat, richly laced with gold, and inexpressible of the same, cocked hat, shoes, and buckles. So kind of interesting there. That and is kind of cool that there's like two yeah. kinds of leprechauns. Oh, oh, there's actually more. Give me Ooh. One. There was different ones before this kind of now, and I'll explain how we got to where we are now. It was by region. They were all a little different. It kind of reminds me of like Avatar. Like they're all kind of the same, but they're all a little different. Yeah, exactly. So the Northern Leprechaun, he is described as wearing a military red coat and white breeches with a broad brimmed high pointed hat on which he would sometimes stand upside down. He'd do some handstands, I guess. (laughs) Okay. Is the hat a table? Like that's what I was thinking. Right. Okay. So there's another area. It's called Tipperary, and those leprechauns wore an antique slashed jacket of red with peaks all around and a jockey cap, also sporting a sword, which he used as a magic wand. So kind of like Haggard in his umbrella. I mean, if you're going to have a wand that isn't a wand, a sword is pretty badass. Right? You got to pick something epic. So I like that one. And the leprechaun of Carrie, a little different here. He was described as a fat, pursy little fellow whose jolly round face rivals in redness with the cutaway jacket that he wears. He has seven rows of seven buttons on each row on the, so like on the front of his jacket. 
Oh, okay. So he's got like 49 buttons. He's kind of got the Santa look, but then he's got all the buttons. He's a bougie Santa. Right. And the last one I have is from Monahan, and their leprechauns were said to wear a swallow-tailed evening coat of red with a green vest, white breeches oh. and black stockings, shiny shoes, and a long cone hat without a brim, but he sometimes uses it as a weapon, so he's fancy and resourceful. I get it. Yeah, he's super fancy. Like, right? Evening coat, shiny shoes, a vest. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Now... When I read that, I was like, well, then how the hell did they get to, like, switching them to just wearing green? Well, I guess that idea didn't come up until the late 1800s, almost 1900s. There was a author who is, like, he's, like, a pillar in, like, Irish literature. His name is William Allingham, and he wrote a poem that's called The Leprechaun or The Fairy Shoemaker. And basically, his imagery... <laughs> I know, right? It was the fairy shoemaker that made me giggle. I know. Basically, I guess his imagery and how he depicted it, he, I don't know if in the illustration or something, I just found just the poem. He's wearing green, moral, that story. Okay. So it just kind of like places started picking that up then and went with that and then boom, here we go. So I actually, I have the poem. I found it on Wikisource. So I'm going to go ahead and read Ooh. it. It's not too terribly long. And I am not a poem reader, so we will get through this just fine, guys. But I thought it'd be kind of cool to read it since, right. you know, it helped shape who the leprechaun is today. So again, this is The Leprechaun by William Allingham. Little cowboy, what have you heard up on the lonely Rath's green mound? Only the plaintive yellow bird sighing in sultry fields around. Cherry, 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 chi, only the grasshopper and the bee. Tip tap, rip rap, tick attack two. Scarlet letter sewn together, this will make a shoe. Left, right, pull it tight, summer days are warm. Underground in winter, laughing at the storm. Lay your ear close to the hill. Do you not catch the tiny clamor? Busy click on an elfin hammer. Voices of the leprechaun singing shrill as merrily he plies his trade. He's a span and a quarter in height. Get him in sight, hold him tight, and you're a made man. You watch your cattle in the summer day, sup on potatoes, sleep in the hay. How would you like to roll in your carriage looking for a duchess's daughter in marriage? Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, of course. <laughs> Seize the shoemaker, then you may. Big boots a-hunting, sandals in the hall. White for a wedding feast, pink for a ball. This way, that way, so we make a shoe. Getting rich every stitch, tic-tac two. Nine and ninety treasure crocs, this keen miser fairy hath. Hid in mountains, woods, and rocks. Ruin and round tower, cavern wrath. And where the Camarants build, from times of old, guarded by him, each of them filled, full to the brim, with gold. So that's a little side note there. They apparently would bury, quote-unquote, these croc looking things like look kind of looked like like old, super old school like crock pots i don't know how else to describe them full of gold so when you were kind of like they hid treasure at the end of the rainbow is basically that they said supposedly they had like these huge ass things of treasure that they buried so okay like yeah 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 i'll get a picture and post that up with it 
it literally kind of looks like it just like a crock pot made of stone. So it's interesting. But hmm. yeah. All right. We're almost here, guys. Last little bit. I caught him at work one day myself in the castle ditch where Foxglove grows. A wrinkled, wizened, and bearded elf, spectacles stuck on his pointed nose, silver buckles on his hose, leather apron shot in his lap, rip-rap, tip-tap, tic-tac-toe. A grasshopper on my cap, away the moth flew. Buskins for a fairy prince, burrows for his son, pray me well, pray me well, when the job is done. The rogue was mine, beyond a doubt. I stared at him, and he stared at me. Servant, sir, humph, he said, and pulled a snuff box out. He took a long pinch, looked better than pleased. The queer little leprechaun offered the box with a whimsical grace. Poof, he flung the dust in my face, and when I sneezed, was gone. The end. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> So yeah, that was that little poem there. So I thought that was interesting and it's just it's kind of a cute little thing. So it's interesting that one author, you know, he's such an influence on this mythical creature that it completely changed it from the 1900s to now. Like obviously all the leprechauns we see, even in like the horror movies of leprechauns, they're green. I knew that leprechauns brought us more than Jennifer Aniston, but... <laughs> But yeah, just a little kind of interesting tidbit. I had never really looked into leprechauns before like this much in detail. So I had no idea they were shoemakers, to be totally honest with you. So I didn't I either. That, yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And then, oh, another little tidbit was, I guess, like the apron he described. Like even now there's certain, depends where you are, of course, certain versions of leprechauns that they'll have like a leather apron on. So I mean, it would make sense if they were a shoemaker. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, there you go, guys. Just a little bit of some history and how leprechauns were born, made, whatever you want to call on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just thought that was interesting and would be fun for our little St. Patty's Day. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to Jessica. She's got some fun stuff for us. Okay, Spooksters. So I kept you in mind when I was looking for a creepypasta of a story <laughs> for you. Most average stories about leprechauns were like 25 minute reads and I'm not about that. So <laughs> this is the shortest one I could find. So, you know, strap in, press pause, go refill your drink and come back. Yes, I'm here for it. Let's get down into creepy pasta time. Yeah. This is called The Wiles of the Leprechaun. Mm, spooky. I'm writing this now because I don't know when I'll get another chance. I don't want to tell people face to face because it's humiliating enough for me to know what they think of me because of where I'm going. You see, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in a sterile, cold, lonely prison cell. Oh, shit. Right? For the last two years, I've had hard times. I've had a shaky employment history, and that makes it really hard to get the next job. In turn, it makes it easy to worry about where the next paycheck will come from. That, in turn, we're going to say in turn a bit. I have a feeling. <laughs> I apologize now. <laughs> that, in turn, makes it easy to worry about where to find a cardboard box to sleep in. Oh, sad. Right? If wishes were fishes, then there would be no room in the river. I would wish for so many things in these days. I wished for a stable job, 
I wished for a cure for my depression that wouldn't involve me tearing hundreds of dollars from my already meager pay just to pay for placebos and a Gandhi-esque absolutes. So all I've ever gotten from my post-high school life were these holes in my heart and in my pockets. This is really sad. This is super sad. I know. Wishes don't come true, or so it seemed. On my pay rate, I couldn't afford any of the luxuries or comforts in which one may forget in their sorrows, such as video games, friends, evenings at local bars, diving into local brews. What I could afford to do was walk. And I lived on that side of the railroad tracks in town, just on the edge of the woods. And by the way, that side of town was in quotes. Oh, okay. I lived on that side of town. The sketchy part. We'll just go with it. Mm -hmm. It was a nice time of year. We had a lot of rain in the area and everything was green as could be. And cool breezes combated the heat of the afternoon like a refreshing drink of ice water. Mm. Lovely. (laughs) I would walk the nameless paths where if I wanted to, one could become blissfully lost. There are paths for everyone, hardcore climbers, lazy loopers, and the brisk slope. The last one was my favorite. It was enough physical exertion to keep my mind off the pile of horse pies I called an existence, but little enough that I could easily make it back to my hovel. Looking back on it now, I must have walked that path a thousand times. It never got old. The air would always taste fresh, the breeze would feel clean, and the sunlight poking through the leaves felt pure. Mm. It was a place to cleanse the soul. I know the place so well. Every log that offers a place to rest, every stone, and the creek of crystalline water. So you can imagine my surprise when I noticed just how out of place it all seemed on one fateful day. Dun, dun, dun. Literally, it was like ellipses. (laughs) I think that's what ellipses is, right? It's like dun dun dun. Yeah. So side note, when I was in college, all of my like classmates and stuff were into this thing called Zanga. I don't know if you were too young for that. I think I was, but it sounds semi-familiar. I knew what it was kind of, but I was never on it. So it was like a blog site, like you would write. And one of my oh. annoying traits on there is that I used ellipses like for everything. <laughs> like for a period. And someone called me out one day, they're like you do realize that that is an actual point of like punctuation. I was like, yeah, but I think it's funny because the way you're supposed to read that one faithful day. And then they went for a walk. <laughs> Dramatic effect. Hold on. Right? Come on. But the whole blog post, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> okay. I digress. Back to my story. I was on another walk about two months ago. I went earlier in the day planning to walk further than normal. The one medicine I knew that really worked. I brought a bottle of water, wore my jeans and jacket, and a hat was pulled over my eyes. I felt that the air had a mild bite to it as fall was coming up quickly. As I walked, I thought about how nice it would be to walk this trail in the fall when the aspen turned gold. Nature is wealthy and generous too. I was about halfway through my walk and thinking about how I could go blind and still know my way around the trail when I saw something that I must have missed which I thought was impossible. Holy shit. You're, I looked over at you and your head was perfectly behind your mic. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and it was like, where'd her face go? <laughs> I'm here. I promise. <laughs> A little scary. <laughs> Reading a scary story and Tara disappeared. Ah. 
Okay. There were these two boulders that seemed to form a wall in this gorge, like a gate diverting the path elsewhere. It was just a place you'd run into and go the other way. But as I rounded the turn, my eyes fell on the little gap in the rock. It was about two feet tall and maybe two and a half feet wide. Small, but too large not to notice. I walked up to it. And I immediately thought of Alice in Wonderland and the hole that the white rabbit runs into at the beginning. Funny, down the rabbit hole indeed, if I had only known. I was intrigued. This was like being a kid again. The thought of becoming a great explorer, if only in my own mind. I took into account the size of the hole and stooped down to look into it. There was a light at the end and the tunnel, quote unquote, was only about a dozen feet long. A dozen feet long? <laughs> you can just say 12 feet or 15 <laughs> feet and round it up? <laughs> it was several feet long. A dozen. Right. Okay. Dozen. Chris morning air that bites, you know, painting a narrative. I get it. They're, yeah, they're doing the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so murmuring, I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. I got on my hands and knees to crawl through. Is this Alice in Wonderland? (laughs) This is how you die, sir. Or ma'am. I don't know who you are. I don't know what gender you are. Person. Lovely fellow. Fellow human. Lovely fellow human. You're not making good choices. Nope. It went easily, and I stood up on the other end, somewhat surprised at what I found. There before me was a rocky canyon only about 20 feet wide, with rich green moss growing everywhere. I was impressed at my discovery and walked into it. Because that's what you do when you find a random world of of green, you know? Of course, hello. It got deeper and twisted like the passageways in the Paris catacombs, but it never went underground. So like a maze. Okay. From Harry Potter. Lots of Harry Potter ties fourth. into leprechauns. They're in the fourth book. Oh, you're right. <gasps> I love this. It's going to just be titled Harry Potter and the Leprechauns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can I, can I, in the midst of this, can I share my fun news that's coming up? I don't know when it's airing, but. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell mm-hmm. them. So, <laughs> tell them, tell them. Um. <laughs> So Tara and I both got asked and Tara's going to most likely do one like later because of her schedule. But I am recording with another podcast called Occhio Politics and it's about Harry Potter and politics. And it's the fourth book, which is what reminds me of this because leprechauns are in the fourth book. So we will let you know the date that airs. Hell yeah. I'm super excited to listen to your episode. Like her show's pretty cool. I mean, not to plug a show, but to plug a show. Like, if you like Harry Potter and social topics, check it out. Yeah. And of course, we know you love Jessica. So there you I go. Love you too. <laughs> okay. So back to our very long story. And yeah. <laughs> Just when I thought I had made the greatest discovery ever, I rounded a bend and nearly dropped a brick in my underpants. They shut their pants? He almost dropped almost. a brick. Almost. Nearly dropped a brick in my underpants is how it's written. <laughs> <laughs> um, sir or ma'am, you have been writing a very beautiful narrative with lots of other mm-hmm. descriptive things. And that 
just mm. <laughs> I feel let down. Right? I feel let down. Okay. I had come into, I guess what you would call nature's cul-de-sac, a circular pit with a dripping waterfall at the end and a pool in the middle. Why are you shitting your pants? That sounds beautiful. <laughs> right? <laughs> you shit your pants at something scary. Exactly. What is going on with you? Come on now. None of these beauties were what I saw at first, though. I was riveted by the strangest creature I'd ever seen in my life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here we go. It was sitting on a rock slab by the pool, its feet dangling in the cool water. And for the tiniest split second, I thought it was a human, perhaps a child. But my stare proved me wrong. It did have a vaguely human shape and had a thin build, almost a stick figure. Hmm. A tiny ass person. Yeah. Get that person some food. <laughs> right? <laughs> It had a gray beard that came down to its waist. Its ears were huge and had a long nose and fingers like taper candles. Hmm. What are taper candles? Are those those big, long? We're probably wrong, guys. So just be like, dumbasses. It's this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming it's like the candlestick type of candles. I'm going to go with. That's what I'm thinking. Or maybe not like the kind that like go like straight up. But oh, Mm -hmm. taper. Like it goes from a thick to a thin. Uh Uh-huh. We used our brains today, people. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The skin was white as wax and wrinkly. The Hmm. best description was a mix of a shriveled old man and Pinocchio. (laughs) 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 I love that. It's good. I like it. Right. It also resembled a human because it wore clothes. Well, that's good. It was a Nike. They were... They were once green, but so faded, it was some drab color. And it had a long pointed cap on its head, worn Mm. and wrinkly, and a cracked black leather belt around its pencil-thin gut. Oh, he's starving. That's sad. He's probably going to eat this person, but you know. (laughs) Well, we know he or she is not going, not got eaten because they're going to prison. Truth. I mean, I know this story is long, and that's what we've forgotten. <laughs> I swear there was not a shorter one. No, it's okay. I like it. You're fine. <laughs> I thought that he, that it, had not noticed me. But the moment I tried to freeze in place, it slowly turned its head to face me. That moment is when I was sure it wasn't human because of those eyes. They glowed green as poison from under bushy gray eyebrows, like emeralds in the spotlight. Oh, God. Fucking creepy. Yeah. My terror must have looked amusing because somewhere above the beard, a tiny pair of cracked lips curled into a mischievous grin of pointed yellow teeth. Ew, no, creepy. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) Go back. (laughs) The grin someone gets when they know something you don't. I heard it speak in a reedy but clear voice. Now, everyone, please don't make fun of me because I have a hard time reading Irish leprechaunies. <laughs> leprechaunies? Yeah, that's my word. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what their language is. I made it up, okay? My, my, my. You found me at last. It was still taking all of my concentration not to pee my pants. So, (laughs) 
This person's shitting themselves, pissing themselves. They're a fucking wreck. They have any issues. It's just a leper. Like, my favorite part is that he almost shit himself when he saw the beautiful waterfall and just what he thought was a child. Like, oh, God. So I could say nothing. It scratched its chin with its bony finger and hopped to its feet. Don't worry, boyo. Plenty of folks find themselves where ye are. I finally gulped down the stone in my throat to utter a question. Where is here? Ah, the downside of the hill of life. Difficult problems in your instance money. That marvelous shiny stuff that causes most, if not all, human problems. Human? Then what does that make you? I asked sheepishly. The bizarre little thing twirled on its bare feet, its arms spread out like an exuberant girl showing off a new dress. Hmm. I ain't making this up. It says that. All right. He pees his pants and then describes a little leprechaun as a girl twirling in a dress. Well, I can tell ye boyo, ye lads and lasses got the look all wrong. Red hair, green jacket with shiny brass buttons, shamrocks, and all that rot. The once beloved image of a short, red-haired, jolly little man with green clothes clashed into my mind and now brought the only revision even compared to this ghastly-looking imp. A leprechaun? The word sounded ridiculous, even in that moment. The creature clapped his hands excitedly and jigged about making shrill noises. Oh, a penny for the smart one here. Bright little lad, ain't you? Bright as mud. Okay. I was not about to be mocked by the Irish version of a jigsaw doll. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So I clenched my fist and said, what the hell do you want? You, you, you can say it. I've heard it all before. Tis music to my ears. Ye long legs are not as good with insults as ye used to be. It spoke dreamily, as if not talking to me at all. I was about to speak when it continued in its screechy but dreamy voice. Listen here, spindle shanks. (laughs) 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 Spindle shanks. It's going to be my new, like, new uh, insults. Yeah. (laughs) Listen here, spindle shanks. What if I were to tell you that I can fix your woes. Say what? I asked stupidly. You'd like to keep off the streets, eating the rats and roaches. Aww. You'd like the comfort of a home to the misery of living under a tarp, eh? Mm. How would you know that? I felt slightly violated to know that, oh my God, he ate rat and cockroaches. Oh, poor person. Mm-hmm. How would you know that? I felt slightly violated to know that somehow, some way, this odd creature put me at a disadvantage, that it had been watching me somehow. I wouldn't be here if you didn't, and it doesn't even matter how I know. What matters is that I can help ye with your problems. I can help ye with your finances. Sorry, I'm having so much fun with year. Oh, it's okay. Y-E-R, year. I can keep ye from sleeping with them mangy stray mutts in some alleyway. I didn't deny that I was tempted. My need for answers dampened by the tantalizing offer. 
Somehow that little cricket in my head still reminded me that all this was very wrong. What's it going to cost me? Mm-hmm. It gasped dramatically, <laughs> clasping its tiny hands over its chest. <gasps> oh dear, my reputation precedes me, the leprechaun leered. <laughs> <laughs> then it dropped the theatrics and looked very solemn. Listen, boyo, there is nothing you have that I could possibly want. Not a thing. Even if you were a king, I have it all. And more. All that you need is to accept. Hmm. Sounds still sketch, guys. Like, Right? We already learned earlier that these guys are sketchy as fuck to get what they want to be free. Right. right. <laughs> Super sketch. I had read enough stories online in my spare time to instill some fear in me of these backwater deals. Wait, wait. So, like, he's very versed in backwater leprechaun deals. Okay. Spare time of internet reading is homeless. Do what you get to. All right. And, and reads or eats rats and cockroaches. Hmm. I found holes in his story. <laughs> what do you want? Sign my name in blood? Sell you my soul? It comically begins slapping itself in the forehead with its palm, rolling its eyes. Tis like talking to a bloody rock here in it i don't want nothing at all in fact you don't even need to do anything except say yes or no once that happens you'll never see me again so i'll ask you one more time do you want to forget your worries about money do you want to live in ease simply answer yes or no what would you answer (laughs) well because i know about these leprechauns that say fuck no because i'm scared of what was gonna happen (laughs) right I didn't know how long I stood there, silently thinking. It must not have been long enough. No matter what this creature was, I did need money. I did need ease. I did need relief from the hell that I'd been living in for so long. So I looked it dead in the eyes and spoke simply but clearly the one word that ruined my life. Yes. I told you. The withered little leprechaun giggled, clapping its hands again and again, and the grin on its face stretched even wider. Quick as a flash, it lunged to within a short range of me until it was looking up at me from my feet. It looked even fouler from so close, but when it extended its tapering hand, I shook it without thought. Its skin was cold and clammy, but its grip was strong as iron. The next thing I knew, I was standing back at the turn on the trail against the stones. The sunlight hurt my eyes as if I had come out of the strangest dream of my life. Wishful thinking, looking back on it now. I turned to the rocks to only find that the hole was gone. I went home immediately, surprisingly refreshed. I went straight to sleep, almost convinced that I imagined the whole thing. And when I woke up the next day, I thought perhaps I was mad. I had a little time to think since I had woken up to the alarm. I swung my leg down to head out the door as if all were normal. My feet connected with something and completely unprepared. I flew sprawling onto the floor. Stars filled my vision and as I rolled onto my back, rubbing my bruised jaw. As I sat up, the curse of my breath froze when I saw what I had fallen over. A wooden chest the size of a little red wagon was sitting dead center on the rug. It looked very old, the wood starting to warp. The iron bindings rusted and the creaky padlock securing it shut. 
Taking a shovel from my nearest neighbor's yard, I broke the lock and opened it to the most jaw-dropping sight I'd ever seen. A sight that now fills me with dread. Uh-oh. Want to guess what it is? I'm scared. <laughs> Thousands of porcelain dolls. Just kidding. <laughs> Thomas's nightmare. The box was filled to the brim with gold. Gold coins, gold bullion, gold jewelry. I must have sat there for several minutes, still as a stone before I screamed for joy, dipping my hands into the treasure like life-giving water, flinging it all about the place, burying my face in it, being a proper fool. <laughs> yeah, that's got to hurt. Like, right? kid watching, what is that, like, ducktails? And, like, he mm-hmm. would dive into the water. Yeah. Or not the water, but his The gold. coins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever watch the Family Guy episode where they made fun of that? I probably have because Matt's <laughs> obsessed with Family Guy. And it's like he's, like, dying of pain. <laughs> right. Because it's yeah. like you're going to dive into a solid surface. Coins aren't liquid. No. <laughs> Dogtails lied to you, folks. I'm sorry. And made plans to start potting the better stuff for catch. So I started to sort it all into boxes. And I grabbed from behind the local booze store. I looked and I pawed each one. Thinking of the gold aspens outside in the path. Gee, how short-lived joy can be. See, I had gone through about two-thirds of the box. Having sorted and stored this part of the findings. And sold some of them. When I came across a gold plate. There was something on it. This brownish stain that looked almost like rust. I wanted it to look nice when I would sell it, so I cleaned it off when I smelled it. It smelled like when you have a nosebleed. A sinking feeling told me that I knew what it was. Blood. I looked at some of the others, some of the more buried pieces. Some of them had blood on them too. I was surprised. That's when I found the knife at the bottom. Oh, fuck. All right, this isn't going to end well for you, sir. Mm-mm. It was not made of gold at all. In fact, it was a four-inch switchblade. <gasps> One that I had once owned, but had lost weeks ago. The knife with my fingerprints on the handle and the blood of three people on the blade. The next day, when I was trying to plan what to do, a SWAT team kicked down my door and dragged me off to jail in handcuffs. It all happened so fast, I said nothing in my defense. However, in the past few weeks, things became all too clear. I had been connected to the murders of three different wealthy people who collected gold items, all of them within my home state. No one had ever seen who had broken in and killed them, but the evidence was overwhelming. Each of them had been stabbed to death. Their stolen gold now with my fingerprints all over it. And it was clear that I would have a clear motive. I needed the money. I didn't try to defend myself. How could I? The evidence was all against me. And what was I going to tell them? What was I going to say to them about what I had met in the forest? To be honest, I'm going to be in there a long time. And I'd like to keep my shred of dignity and sanity. I prefer a state prison to a mental institution. I'm writing this with a pen, after all, not a crayon. The law of conservation of mass says that matter cannot be created or destroyed. I realize now that I was a fool. Magic does not exist and never will. Everything has to come from somewhere. And I didn't think about where the gold came from or who it had come from. 
The End, written by Evan Dollarhide. I told you, you don't trust these motherfuckers. They are sneaky little shitheads. Mm-hmm. I would have said, fuck no to that. Right? Like, Jesus. I Yeah, I'm over here shook. Right? Jesus Christ. Well, on that note, guys, we hope you have a great St. Patty's Day. And if you come across a leprechaun, do not take his bribe. Yeah, run the other way. He's a fucking dick. <laughs> 100 fucking percent. Well, we will be talking to you guys again tomorrow, since tomorrow's our regular upload day of Monday. Yes. So, yeah, we hope you guys have a safe and fun St. Patrick's Day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Remember to Uber. Yes, Uber, Lyft, all that good stuff. Bye.